Thank you for being here this morning. Let's have a word of prayer as we go into the word this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We count it an honor, a joy to have you with us this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you for this amazing day. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are you are Jesus. We just thank you for all that you are. We thank you for who you are, your name, your names. And we're going to be looking at those this morning. And Lord, I pray as we look at another name for Jesus, I pray that, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, that you would open up our minds and our hearts to receive from you today. Lord, I pray that in this room today, there will be hope. I pray that hope would arise in people. God, I pray in this room today that faith would arise, that you would take small faith and you would increase the faith in the life of people. God, I pray you'd open up people's eyes to see the beauty of Jesus and the love of God in this place. And Lord, we just give you this time, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said, amen, amen. All is good. Is everybody hearing me okay? Everybody's hearing me okay? I'm hearing myself good. So we're going to continue. Hey, what we need to do is... um, let me ask you a question. This question is geared towards all the parents. So all the parents, are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Okay. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Your parents say, I'm ready. Okay. Hey, I'm assuming, here's the assumption, here's the assumption that all your children have been given a name. Good. It's not like the Washington football team, but you've given all your kids a name. I just have a question for you. How did you come up with the name for your kids? Maybe it's one kid, maybe it's multiple kids. My question for you is, how did you come up with that name or those names, okay? Just think about that for a second. I know for Heather and I, our oldest son, is his name is Grant, okay? And about the season that he was born, about 23, 24 years ago, I want to let you know, I hate to confess this, but it's the truth. At that time, I was a big-time Duke Blue Devils basketball fan. All right. Anybody like Duke? Nobody like... I love Duke. I still do, okay? But anyway, about that time on the roster, they had a, um, a gentleman, a young guy named Grant, number 33. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Yeah, let's go. Grant Hill in the house. And I really... Um, I admired the kid just as obviously a solid athlete, but more than that, just a classy kid with a lot of character and that character's been on display for years now in his life. So I said, Heather, hey, can I take the lead on our oldest son's name? And she was like, what do you have in mind? And I said, the name Grant. And she said, I like that name too. So we named our oldest son Grant because we like that name, okay? So back to the question, how about you? How did you come up with the names of your child or your children. How, do you remember that conversation? Those are fun conversations. And usually it's because we like the way it sounds. I asked an office mate this week, how did you come up with the name for your son? He said, just because we like the way it sounded. I said, that's cool. Or a lot of times what we do is we want to name somebody or one of our children after somebody. Maybe it's somebody that we honor. It could be the father it could be a grandfather, it could be an uncle, a distant relative, but it's somebody we want to honor, so we name our kids. So how did you come up? I would love to hear some of your stories. How did you come up with the names of your children? Because names are important, okay? 
But in the Bible, I want to say when you go into Scripture, names were much, much, much more significant. Names in Scripture were given as a, we could say it this way, names were given as an insight about a person's history. It was given as an insight to even their future, who God had called them to be. Names were a big insight to the person's identity. So I want to let you know when we read names in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when we read names, I want to let you know it's not a thing to be taken lightly, but it's something that is super important. Names are very significant. So we need to make sure that we understand what these names are because they have meaning to where we live in our lives today. And by the way, this is exactly what we see in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And in this verse, we see the prophet, whose name is Isaiah. What does he do? He tells of the birth of a child. He tells of the birth of a son. And he goes on to share not one name, but he goes on to share four names because this child was super special because one name wasn't enough. So what I want us to do right now is I want us to look at the verse we began looking at last week, we're looking at today, we'll look at next week, and then we'll conclude by looking at on Christmas Eve at what time? Oh, you guys are good. Thank you for doing that. Four o'clock. So let's look at the verse together that is our theme verse for this Christmas season here at Journey Church. Here it is, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah prophesying. He says, for a child is born to everybody together, us. I love that. A son is given to everyone together, us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. And check this out. He says, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So my question is this. Who is the child that Isaiah is referring to? And everyone said, Jesus. That's who Isaiah's talking about. And by the way, this wasn't a name that was given to Jesus like we do. We give the names right at birth or soon after birth. But these names were given to Jesus. This is amazing to me. These names were given to Jesus, the scholars say, at least seven to 800 years even before Jesus was born in this small town of Bethlehem. Isaiah prophesied. And he said, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So last week, if you were with us, do you remember what we talked about? We talked about how Jesus is what? He is our Wonderful Counselor. He's our Wonderful Counselor. So let me ask you, don't respond, but think about it. Have you been praying for God to do something wonderful in your life, in our church, in our city? Have you been believing? Has faith arise to believe that God does wonderful things? Have you been praying? If so, I want to encourage you to continue to pray. If not, let's go. Let's pray and believe God for wonderful things. God does wonderful things in people's life. Today, what I want to do, and it's right before us, and that is we're going to talk about this second name. We're going to be talking about Mighty God. So let's all say that together. One, two, three. Mighty God. So we're going to do a little switcheroonie here. And the switcheroonie is usually we talk about the first first and then the second. Today we're going to talk about the second first. Is that okay? Is everybody have peace with that? Is that okay? That's not going to wreck your world? Okay. So here we go. I want to look at God. We're going to begin today by looking at the name God. God. Okay. 
And there's really one big, 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 big takeaway that I want to make sure that we see here, that it's, it's, it's important, super important. And that is the fact that Jesus Christ, Jesus, he's much more than just a prophet. He's much more than we, what some people would say a powerful warrior. He's much more than what most people were believing in, a Messiah who would be an earthly king, who would set up his kingdom here on earth. He's much more than a great teacher, and he certainly is an amazing, over-the-top teacher that we still learn about today. He's all those things, but I want to let you know, first and foremost, what I want to make sure that we understand. I want us to understand that Jesus Christ are you hearing me this morning, is God. Jesus is God. Because I tell you what, there's thousands of world religions, thousands of world religions. I knew the number at one time, it's escaped my mind. And basically every religion comes down to this one question. Who do you say that Jesus, who do you believe Jesus is? And there's a lot of people that would say, well, he was a prophet. But we want to declare here today that Jesus Christ is God. Now, I want to let you know the Jewish people of that day, the Jewish people even today refused, many refused to accept this fact. Even the early followers of Jesus, if you look throughout the Gospels and you look at how Jesus interacted with the people, many of the early followers were even confused about Jesus being God. Even today, this is one of the most controversial and divisive claims about Jesus that he's God. Yet the child, the son that was given to us, we believe that he is the second person of the Trinity. We believe that Jesus is God. And if you need help with that, what we need to do is we need to dive into Scripture because all throughout the New Testament, we see evidence, evidence, evidence is given to us that Jesus Christ surely is God that one of the clearest forms of evidence that Jesus is God comes from the book of John, the Gospel of John, which, by the way, the author of John is who? John. Some of you are like, oh, is this a trick question? No. <laughs> the author of the book of John is John. Do you know who John is? John was one of his disciples. Actually, scriptures declare that he was the disciple that was the closest to Jesus of all the disciples. John was called what? the beloved. He was that close to Jesus. So he had that super close relationship. And I want us to look at what John writes about Jesus being God. Let's look at the text, John chapter 1. So if you want to go back to it this week and read it for yourself, what I want you to do is I want you to read John 1. You'll read verses 1 through 4, and then you'll want to jump down through verse 14, okay? And this is what John the Beloved writes about Jesus. It says, in the beginning, the Word. Stop. When John says the Word, who is he referring to? And everybody said, Jesus. So you can really swat, you could, those two words, the Word and Jesus, you could flop them out. They mean the same thing. In the beginning, the Word already existed. Just chew on that for a second. Jesus already existed in the beginning with the Father. Check this next line out. The Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And I want us to read this together, everybody. And the Word 
was God. Clear, clear as it can certainly be, the word was God. Let's look at the next verse, verse two. He existed in the beginning with God. Jesus was with God all the way from the beginning. Verse three, God created everything through Jesus and nothing was created except through Jesus. By the way, we looked at, it, looked at that in week two in our Bible study of Colossians. You can read that in Colossians 1, 15 through 20, where Paul is talking about the supremacy of Jesus. He says the exact same words, almost word for word. Verse four, the word gave life to everything. Jesus gives life to everything that was created. Now let's jump down to verse 14. You talk about Christmas. This is the ultimate Christmas verse. And the word became flesh. I want you to understand this is what Christmas is really all about. Meaning Jesus, who was always with God from the beginning, what did he do? He left heaven and he came to earth and he became flesh just like you and me. He became flesh. I love that. And not only that, it said he dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son from the father. And check this out, don't miss this sidebar. He was full of grace and truth. See which one comes first, grace and truth. By the way, I wanna look at that verse 14 in the message. Eugene Peterson says it this way, the word became flesh and blood. And I love this, it says, the word moved into the neighborhood. Meaning that Jesus came right to where we live. Deity left heaven, came to earth, flesh and blood. Here's the cool thing, 100% God, 100% man. You go and figure that out if you can. Wow, you're amazing. But 100%, 100% God, man, became, and he moved down. He came down to where we lived. That's why he is able to go through what we, he can understand the things that we go through because he was like us. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So, What I want you to see here, and please don't miss this, and for some people, you're probably saying, well, no kidding, Mike, I know that. And if you know that, what you need to do is thank your Sunday school teacher, right? And thank your parents that they brought you up in a Bible-believing church. But really, this is a big issue with many people, and that's what I want us to see, is that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And you're here today And actually, we had a conversation. It was kind of cool. Yesterday, our boys called, and we figured out this thing on our cell phone when the whole family can talk on one phone together. By the way, if you haven't done that, we'll show you how to do it later. So Grant called from St. Louis, and Nolan called from Oklahoma City, and for two hours, we just sat on the couch. TV was off, and we had family time over the phone. It was so wonderful. We had such a good time. And we were talking about some really deep stuff. And I said, Grant, I got a question for you. The question I have for you is this. Why is it so important that Jesus is God? And I just wanted to hear his response. It was kind of fun. We had such a good time. And this is why it's important that Jesus is God. I I not only want to say it, I want you to see it. Because a lot of us learn differently. Some people audible and some people need to see it. If Jesus is not God... If Jesus is not God, his death would not have been sufficient to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. You got that this morning? 
If Jesus is not God, his death would not have been sufficient to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. Only God, only God could take on the sins of the world. Only God can die and be resurrected, proving his victory over sin and death. How many people are thankful that Jesus Christ is God? How many people today are thankful that Jesus Christ is God? And because he's God, he is our what? He's our savior. And I don't know about you, I believe that we all need a savior because we're sinners in need of grace. And I'm so thankful that today we serve that he is, one of his names is Mighty God, that he's God, he is our savior. Now what I wanna do is I wanna look at the top name and that is the name Mighty. Let's look at Mighty. That's, that's gonna hit right where we live today. That hits where we live every day. The fact that not only is he God as savior, but also the fact that he's mighty, that hits you where you live every day. So let's look at that word mighty in the context of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Context, context, context. Isaiah 9, 6, the word mighty clearly refers to this. Listen carefully. I should have put this on the slide, but I didn't. The word mighty clearly refers to one who is strong. Everybody just say that so I know you're listening. Strong. Or powerful. Say powerful. So mighty means he's strong and powerful enough. Don't get lost here. This is so good. He's strong enough and powerful enough to accomplish his will regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the opposition. I want to let you know today that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is mighty. He's powerful and strong enough to accomplish his will regardless of the circumstances regardless of what the opposition, and I want to look at that at two levels. I want to take it up to about 35,000 feet first, and I want to look at knowing that he's strong enough to accomplish his will on the earth today. I want to let you know that Jesus is powerful enough to accomplish his will regardless of the circumstances or the opposition in our world today. And I know there's some people, oh, this world's a mess Oh, can you believe this? Can you believe that? And we're not going to get political here. I'm just going to say there's a lot of crazy things going on. And we look and we think, has the world ever been like this before? I mean, it's amazing, the confusion, all the, the division, the divide in our country, and our, not only our country, our world. But I want to let you know that regardless of what you see going on in the world today, I want to let you know that we serve one who is what? He's the mighty God. And I want to let you know that his will, this is a hard one, his will will be accomplished. His will will not be hindered. Are you hearing me this morning? He's strong, he's powerful enough, regardless of what the circumstances are that you see, regardless of what the opposition you think, oh, God, you got this one. I don't know, God, if you can get this one. I want to let you know he's got it. He's got it. And I, I tell you what, we as believers, we should not be living in fear. We should not be living in doubt. We should be not be living in anxiety. We should know that if we have Jesus in our life, he is what? He's the mighty God. And his will will be accomplished in our world today. He's got it in his hands. There's nothing that has happened that, is, that has escaped his attention. He's got it. Are you hearing me this morning? But there's another level I want to bring this down to where we live, and that not only is that true for our world, but I want to let you know it's true for your personal life. It's true for your life today. 
And that is that his will, regardless of the circumstances, his will, regardless of the opposition, he is strong and powerful enough to help you through whatever you're facing today. He is, and everybody said together, he is mighty God. His strength is unstoppable. There's nothing too big. There's no confusion. I want you to know, Journey friends, as we move through the Christmas season, I want you to know that Jesus is mighty. And if you're in a relationship with him, if you're in a relationship with him, you don't have to live in worry. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in doubt. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. He is the mighty God. And you may say, Mike, well, you don't know about my life. You don't know about my circumstances. And I certainly want to make it clear that's true. I may not know about what you're going through, but I know one who does. Amen? And his name is the Almighty God. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows your frustration. He knows the things that you're going through. And he wants you to hear this morning, maybe in this room, maybe online this morning or this week, He wants you to hear that he's almighty, he's powerful, he's big enough, regardless of the circumstances and the surroundings, he can help you out where you're at today. And many of us need to hear that this morning because it seems like everything has become so overwhelming. I'll get super vulnerable with you this morning, and that is on Thursday night this week, Heather was in bed reading and I basically just came and I threw myself at the end of our bed and just knelt, and I was just so frustrated, so frustrated with battling with health issues that the doctors aren't giving answers to. And I love doctors, and I believe in doctors, so that's not the point. The point was just the frustration and say, Heather, I'm not sure if I can, I just feel so defeated. You feel good one minute, then the next minute you feel like, nausea, and you feel all those things, the world spinning, and I just needed to be reminded again that God's will in my life will be accomplished. Amen? Regardless of all the things, the challenges, the uncertainties, the things that you don't understand in your life, or maybe it's a life of a friend, he is the mighty God, and he's there in his power, and he's there to help you. All we need to do is we need to learn to just humble ourselves and call upon him. And he comes when we call upon him and he offers special strength. I want to share a couple verses with you as we close this morning that were real special to me this week that I pray that will be special to you where you're at this Christmas season, maybe even today. First verse comes from a wonderful passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and 9. And the guy that wrote this verse is a guy named Paul. And we learn from history that Paul had an issue in his life. Some people believed it was a physical issue. It may have been eyesight issues. It may have been malaria. Some people believe it may have been a spiritual issue. But Paul was going through a time in his life where it was like, it was hard. It was difficult. It's like many of us are facing. And look what he says here. He says, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. By the way, how many people have ever been there before? Lord, help, help, help. Lord, please help me. Please take it away. I've been there. You've been there. Many of us have. 
So Paul is, he's praying, he's praying his guts out. I think he's probably just, he's just getting after God. Take it away, take it away, Lord, take it away. And this is what it says. Each time, I forgot to put this part. Each time he says, the answer to his prayer was, my grace is all you need. Isn't that wonderful? But this is what I really want us to camp out. He goes on to say, the answer to the prayer, he says, my power works best when? In weakness. My power works best when you're in a place where you're weak and you don't feel like you can make it another day, nothing's making sense. Why did this happen? How did that happen? How am I gonna make it through? There's times where we just beg God. We say, Lord, help, help, help. And I wanna let you know his word says, my power works best in times of your weakness. And I think the key is this. The key is that we need to learn how to surrender. Surrender and say, God, I don't have an answer. God, I don't have an equation, A, B, C, one, two, three. All this is gonna work out. No, it's times where you just say, God, in my weakness, please come and help me. It might be a marriage. It might be a relationship with one of your children, your parents. It could be a thousand and one different things. For all of us, we walk down different roads. But the cool thing, God knows each and every road that you walk down, we walk down together. And he says to us today, even in our challenges, my power, my strength, works best when you're at that place where you're at the end of your rope. Allow me to come and allow me to be there. How many people can testify that he's faithful? How many people can testify that he's faithful? That he, in your weakness, can come and give you the strength that you need. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for that. One other verse, by the way, that verse is when we're facing weakness, but there's another verse. We see the mighty God when we're facing something big in our life, something God has called us to do. And it's a verse I love. It's a verse that's often misquoted, but it's still true. That is, Paul, the same author, says this, I can do everything. Everybody does just say that, everything. By the way, that doesn't mean you can score a touchdown on every play doesn't mean you're going to go out and run a four-minute mile. The context there, everything that God has called you to do, everything that God has called you to be, I can do it. How can I do it? I can do it through Christ, who does what? Who gives me the strength. Why? Because he's the mighty God. And I want to let you know today that whatever you're facing and God's calling you to do, you can do it not because of who you are, and I know there's some very gifted people in here that are much more gifted than me. There's some intellectual giants. There's some very talented people. But I want to let you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it comes down to I can do it through Christ. And I want to do it through Christ because he's the one who, what, gives me the strength. So I just want to speak to us today that Jesus was given the name Mighty God. He's our God. He's our Savior He's the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Amen? He's the only way. That's why he says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me because I'm God. I sacrifice my life for your sins so that you can have a relationship with God. But he's also mighty. 
meaning that whatever you're facing today in your life, your family life, it could be a health issue, it could be a work issue, it can be an IRS issue, it could be a hundred different things. I want to let you know there's hope today through the person of Jesus. Amen? There's hope today. So let's bow our heads right now. There's hope today through the person of Jesus Christ. So what I want to do in closing today, unusual than most weeks, is I just want us to stop, and I want us to have a quiet time, and I just want us to pray and give thanks to God that he is the mighty God. Let's do that right now. Father, we come before you, you and we give thanks that you are the mighty God, that you are our Savior. You're the one to help us when we're going through troubles. You're the one who gives us strength when we're needing to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, we just thank you that you are the mighty God. You are our help, and you are there for us. And Lord, you're not only there for us, you're there for others in our lives that we love. It could be a family member that's going through a tough time. We want to intercede and help them through prayer. It could be a friend that's going through a very challenging time. You are mighty. You are mighty. You are strong enough to help us regardless of the circumstances and the surroundings. Lord, your will is going to be accomplished because of who you are. There's nothing that this snuck in our life without your permission. I don't believe that you caused it, but you could allow it. Why? So that we can become ultimately the goal. Listen, gang, the goal is not our comfort. I know that's the American dream. I want to be comfortable at all costs. I want to be comfortable. You know what God's will ultimately is for your life is that we become more like who? Everybody say it together. We become more like Jesus. So Lord, take these things in our lives, the pain, the suffering, through your power, I pray that you'd make us more like your son, Jesus. And we just pray those things in your name and everyone together. Thank you.